Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. So what else distinguishes the CFR approach from a naturalist approach? A very important question. The CFR approach is theocentric, that is focused on the nature of God and God's purposes. Theo, like theology being the word for God, theocentric, as opposed to an anthropocentric, that is human-focused endeavor. Anthro, like anthropology, the study of humans, or anthropomorphic, that is turning something into a human form, anthropocentric is what we're talking about right now, that is human-focused. So theocentric versus anthropocentric. The CFR approach assumes purpose and dignity of human life, as opposed to randomness. That's very important. Especially thinking about the naturalistic view, the material view, it would be easy to say, well, in a material sense, if, helping, if I know that helping somebody else doesn't benefit me, then I shouldn't do it, because there's no reason in a strictly material view that one should help if one's not going to be helped in return. But, uh, as you will see, uh, there's a lot more to the CFR approach than that. There is something intrinsically dignified and valuable in human life, and it should be honored and served and helped and saved wherever possible. The third point, the CFR view assumes humans are created in God's image, imago dei, as we discussed earlier, and thus have capacity for other-centered concern as opposed to virtually exclusive self-centered concern. And that's, as we discussed earlier, one of the underlying findings of a lot of social psychology is this self-centered concern. And the CFR approach gives us something else to look for. The CFR view is based on an enduring tradition that gives the goals of love for others and for God as the central aims of life. How is the empirical approach relevant to a Christian view of persons? So scriptures provide general descriptions of humans, while psychology can provide more specific ways in which these general tendencies are manifested in social interaction. The scriptures are holy books and should be used for those purposes, but when we want to answer particular psychological questions in this case, or questions about grammar or questions about physics or something else, we have other texts from the shared supply of human knowledge, which is a global blessing, and we can go to these places to find out about these things that the scriptures do not cover. So thus hypotheses can be generated from scripture. You'll find, um, as you read through, maybe not um, the scriptures um, in particular, the Christian scriptures in particular, but you will find a lot of um, a lot of concepts, a lot of hypotheses have come from 
things outside of the strictest science, uh, sometimes from Jewish texts or Jewish wisdom books, sometimes from Hindu texts or Buddhist texts. I'm thinking of Dr. Oppenheimer after creating the atomic bomb quoted from a Hindu scripture. He said, now I am become death, destroyer of worlds, which um, I'm not sure he understood how fully true that that was going to be after creating the atomic bomb. But there's an example from a Hindu text and just as easily, just as beneficially, looking at the Christian scriptures can help set a course for your research, um, your research studies, your research program. And finally, a Christian approach also helps avoid a reductionist view of persons that excludes legitimate interpretations of the data. So I have a couple other thoughts based on the empirical approach. Uh, as we discussed before, the reason why many scientists do their job is to help humanity, to better serve humanity. And this is something that Christians know a lot about. We have a lot of guidance for we have a lot of calls to action for us to do that. So this is a good thing and this is something where uh, the Christian scientist has uh, a lot of reason from the Christian scriptures for doing this, uh, this type of work. Personally, I found that Christians make excellent researchers. It's kind of a funny thought, but there's a lot of research that relies on faith. You know, you get a lot of money and take a lot of time and put a lot of effort into doing a study. I remember for my graduate thesis, I spent probably the better part of two years doing the background theory and collecting the data and putting it all together into one big statistical uh, bit of software. And I remember the moment I was actually sitting in this chair at my desk here in my office in Beverly, Massachusetts, and there was a moment where I first pushed the enter key to get the final results that had been two years in the making, and what I found was that my theory, my hypothesis, was true. And at that moment, I knew that I was going to have a good study, uh, a publishable study, a study that would help benefit humanity. And uh, so it is that this faith that, um, this faith, this Christianity, this understanding of there's something outside of yourself that you believe in can be beneficial, uh, particularly when it comes to the research uh, and research careers. And research is hard and you feel alone a lot of the time. As I remember times being at Harvard and, and just feeling alone and just so far away from ever being done and thinking, lo though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And just um, thinking of Jesus saying, "You do not be afraid, which he says to his disciples repeatedly because they're always afraid of things. But that is to say, this empirical approach, this science thing that we do, and this Christianity faith that we have, not only can they be brought together in an uneasy way, they can be brought together 
in a beneficial way, in a positive way, and there's a lot of positives that they can bring to each other. So looking at hypotheses and interpretations. This will of course vary by the subject in each chapter, and you'll see that we talk about this a lot. So for example, reducing aggression, how can humanizing and forgiving others help reduce aggression? An important question. And then self-esteem, uh, more of an intrinsic thing. How can encouraging regard for others along with regard for self result in more enduring and balanced self-esteem than does the current focus on self-regard? So, as you will see throughout, the CFR approach helps us generating our hypotheses and our interpretations. So some problems with using a positive psychology approach to address the traditionally negative views of humans in social psychology. Those are on the next slide, but that's a little introduction. So the positive psychology approach emphasizes personal benefits of virtue and still has naturalism as its main assumption. That is to say, all of the differences between the CFR and naturalism you will begin to see between the CFR and positive psychology. So thus a Christian approach can broaden the range of possible hypotheses and interpretations of results beyond what the positive psychology approach can offer. There's even more out there. You don't have to settle for just what the positive psychology theory offers. The CFR offer can the CFR theory can offer even more. So what about possible limitations of the CFR approach? It's very important when doing science, when doing social psychology, that we always think about what are the limitations. It is uh, one of the things I believe through reading many scientific papers is that scientists with the longest limitation section are often the best, and scientists with the smallest limitation sections are often the worst because if you have a small limitation section, it means you really don't even understand what the limitations of what you're trying to do are. Whereas people with long limitation sections are not afraid to talk about the many difficulties had doing research. Research is difficult and expensive and takes a long time, as I've mentioned before, and there are always many limitations. So here's a few of the CFR approach. We can't really prove the central belief that God exists and that God created us in God's image. We can't fully explore underlying motives of self and other regard. And Christian researchers can be biased in their interpretations of scripture. And this is something we know sort of naturally. If you know the old joke about American Baptists, the church I grew up in here in Massachusetts, is that if you put two American Baptists in a room, you'll have three opinions on something. And this is something we know that Christian researchers, Christians often disagree on many things, and they can look at the same scripture and come up with opposite interpretations. There has to be some amount of bias built into this, and it is something to be aware of. So what's next? Before watching the lecture, which will not help you now, if you have already watched it, you should complete your detailed reading. I think I also mentioned that at the beginning. I certainly hope so. But I think it's helpful to complete your detailed reading before watching the lecture so you can just 
you can already have the background and I'll just emphasize and clarify some points. But now that you've com completed watching the lecture, you want to complete any writing assignments you have, you want to answer your discussion questions, and take your unit quiz. So here we have the references, as I mentioned, the McIntyre and the book we're looking at by Angela Sabates. And this concludes our lecture.